Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. I have a question, and I love that we have lots of little people at the back of the room around tables because they usually have great answers, but everyone older too is allowed to answer this question as well. It's a tough one. What is your favorite food? Yell me some answers. What are your, if you're on the chat, you can put it in the, in, if you're online, put it in the chat. But what are, what are your favorite foods? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm getting lots of everything and I can't hear anything. I'm just going to say I heard hot dogs. Everyone yelled out hot dogs. That's one of my favorites. Sushi? I got kids yelling sushi. I love this. This is great. Chocolate. Yeah, we get T-bone steak. All right, we got, this is good. I have good news for you this morning. I have good news for you this morning. Eating is a part of our faith. Isn't that wonderful? God designed us. Yeah, we can applaud that. We can applaud eating. (laughs) Let's hear it for food. Um, Now I lost my spot. uh, This is great. God has designed us with stomachs and appetites for a reason. The psalmist actually says, taste and see that God is good. Um, Eating actually reminds us that we need something external, something outside of our bodies to come into our bodies to nourish us. And even more so, it points us then to this reality that we need God to enter into our whole lives, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we taste and see that God is good, when we recognize and we worship God for who he is, we actually discover that we lack nothing. And so today we're going to look at what it means to host with Jesus. And obviously there's a lot more to hospitality than just serving food. And, but, but food and drinks are a big part of it. It's a big part of the hosp- hospitality posture. And so this is a little teaser to keep you on the edge of your seat right now. But we believe at Stony Plain Alliance Church in practicing what we preach. So we have homemade chocolate chip cookies for after the service. Everybody just perked up a little. Pastor, keep the message short. I will do my best. I think there'll be some coffee too. So yeah, there we go. I got all applied coffee too. Uh, I want to make a bold statement about hospitality. And uh, I want you to know this though before I make it. It is my opinion. So please hear it as my opinion. But based on the uh, observations I've made around the missional work that we've been doing for the last seven years, and on what I uh, see as it means to be a disciple, an apprentice who follows the way of Jesus, I've come to this opinion, and it is on the screen, hospitality is the single most important practice that we need to rediscover in our faith in this generation. Hospitality, it means to be fond of guests and to entertain strangers. But more than a simple definition, it's expressing the outpouring of God's love to the people who are made in his image. Hospitality is honoring God by caring, serving, and selflessly sharing with the people that he gave his life for on the cross. And just to be clear on that, that includes everyone. Wherever people are at in their journey of understanding God's grace, we get to share hospitality with. If you turn, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, amen. 
If you turn to Acts 2, 42 uh, to 47, we're going to read out of that passage today. This is one of the most famous passages about the early church, uh, the start of the church, the beginning. Jesus was raised to death from the cross. He commissioned his followers afterwards to go and be good news. And then he walked off into the heavens and he went out of sight right before them. But he said to go wait and that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. And so they went into this upper room and they waited and the Holy Spirit came and there was tongues of fire and it was this amazing moment. And they were filled with the Spirit and they rushed out of the room and they started telling the people in every language. They all of a sudden had this ability to speak in all the languages and they tell people about Jesus and people were getting saved and people were getting baptized. And then this community formed that we call the church. And this is how they found their rhythms to live out their faith. Acts 2, 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is an incredible time in the life of the church, and there's literally books written on these six verses. They serve as an archetype of the identity and the practices of the Christian church. And in multiple times in these verses, you'll see that we have the constructs of hospitality mentioned. There's fellowship, breaking of bread, communion, togetherness, sharing, giving, eating, relationship, and invitation. And the heart of our faith is doing life together in a way that culminates in worship and joy and people believing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But notice it all happens in the rhythms of everyday life. I believe one of the reasons we struggle in our faith is that so often we try to create spiritual events, programs and classes that we attend, rather than discovering how to be apprentices of Jesus in our everyday activities. Today we have this table set for us on the stage here, and it's a picture of hospitality. And ever since the church has been meeting in buildings, They've traditionally always had two pieces of furniture that you'll find in every church building. There's the pulpit, and there's an altar, the communion table. We have little tables with our communion outside with the, the whole pandemic thing. We're trying to be careful with that. But when Jesus gave the greatest commandment to his people, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. He was quoting Deuteronomy 6.5. And if we read further, that passage goes on to say this. It says, These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. And our faith is part of how we do life. It's not just here on Sunday, and I know we know that, but it is. It's every day we live out our faith. And here's the thing. When God entrusts you to steward a home, whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're renting it or you've purchased it and own it, we become the spiritual leaders of that space. So you are the pastor of your home. 
How does it change our thinking if we consider that the family dinner table is the most spiritual place that God can meet with his people? Church family, did you know that you have a pulpit and an altar in your house? It's your family dinner table. It's the place to proclaim the good news of Jesus and to invite people to respond. I watched a TED Talk a few years ago, and there was a scientist, and he was talking about how humans are the only creatures on the planet whose teeth are actually designed to chew and, cook, uh, to chew and eat cooked food. It's like God created us to eat and need to eat, and to eat in a way that it takes time to, pre to prepare the food. There's opportunity to build community around food. And it's amazing because you look at every culture around the planet and communal eating is the center of its identity. So the question is, what do you talk about at your dinner table? Or maybe put it this way, what messages are you preaching in your home? Is there joy and celebration around all that God has done for you? Jesus is amazing at this. He was amazing. In his ministry, we see that he, he set the example of dinner table pulpit conversations. He went to Matthew's house, and he told people that it's the sick who need a doctor, and he taught them about repentance at the table. At Zacchaeus' house, a greedy heart was transformed into a generous heart. Then he went over to Simon's, and at his house, grace and peace triumphed. Someone who was held in no regard, was lifted into high regard at the dinner table. We even have another house, Lazarus's house, and we find out there that the priority of worshiping God and sitting at the feet of Jesus is more important than the chores to do around the table. Hospitality is inviting people to church not to this building, to church around your kitchen table. It starts with your family, but it includes others too. And the reality is most of us eat about 21 meals a week. It's not a program that we have to add to our schedule. So what would happen if we intentionally took just one of those meals a week to eat with others? Just on a quick note, the sermon that you preach from your dinner table pulpit, it doesn't have to be formal. It can be really simple. It can be asking people of the high, low, and buffalo of the day. That's the, the greatest event that happened in the day, the hardest thing they went through that day, and the weirdest thing that ever happened. High, low, buffalo. It's easy to remember. And then as people share their stories of their day, it actually builds a relational trust, and it opens a space where we can speak the goodness of God into the moments of each other's day. And we can also point out where God has shown us grace. And as we point out how God has shown grace to the table, I want to kind of back us off a little bit and remind you of this too. As you view the dinner table as the pulpit of your home, remember to start by giving yourself grace and patience. If you try this maybe one meal a week, telegraph it. Tell the family so they know it's going to happen because we know in our home that meals can be stressful, especially when people are hangry. If you were to ask me what our kids like to eat, I could tell you it really simply. Our boy likes to eat everything, but there's never enough. If you ask what the girls like to eat, I ask a clarifying question, and I ask, 
What phase is the moon at? Is it a full moon or a half moon? Has the barometric pressure changed or is there a thermal climb we need to be aware of? One day something's their favorite and the next day they're like, how could you serve us such slop? I don't get it. And then there's getting people to the table when the meal's hot. In our family, it looks like this. We say, kids, turn off the Xbox or whatever screen you're on and come to the table and they rush over and in three seconds, they're sitting at the table with their hands folded ready to pray. That only happened once. <laughs> and then I woke up and it was this beautiful dream <laughs> that I enjoyed. Meals can be exhausting and they can be volatile. So have grace for yourself and have grace for your family. 1 Peter 4 calls us to love. It reminds us that the people we know, the people we meet, will hurt us, and they will challenge us, both inside our family and outside of our family. But it also reminds us that God's forgiving love is bigger, and it can cover everything that would divide us. God can teach us to love in a way that builds us together. And in 1 Peter 4.9, we read this. It says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's a two-part challenge. It's, it's offer or invite hospitality, and then the second part is with a positive attitude, without grumbling. Hospitality isn't easy. It costs the host every time. It'll cost you food. It'll cost you time. It has others invading your space. And it also includes the vulnerability of having our imperfect families on display for others to see. Parents especially those with kids uh, that are a bit younger right now, I just want to take this weight off you. It's okay that your kids aren't perfect. Jesus was the perfect child for them. And for the rest of us that are going to be the hosts at these things, remember it's okay not to be perfect. Jesus was the perfect host for us. You see, I believe that our dinner tables are under attack right now because it's so important to our faith. More and more, our busyness keeps us from eating together. COVID did a number on us. Binge-watching streaming services keeps us from talking around the table. Our fear of conflict and having things just right. And there's also the, the temptation to do things out of a religious duty instead of out of the love that we get to share. There's this misconception that hospita hospitality is serving guests in our home as if they're in a restaurant. But hospitality challenges us just to be joyfully interrupted. It doesn't mean having everything perfect or put together. It means remembering that God invites us freely to his table. And so when the opportunity arrives, we get to serve others too. And I want to just say this. The dinner table is worth fighting for. This practice is vital to our faith. We don't need the perfect space. Your house doesn't have to be spotless. In fact, the best way to host is not to treat people as guests, but to invite them in as family. Invite them over and say, you know, I'm going to have some dinner, and this is the time I'm going to start preparing it. If you want to contribute something to the meal, sure, bring a dessert, bring a salad, whatever it is. But I could really use an extra set of hands getting things ready at the beginning and invite them over. And then when the meal is over, and this is good, bless your guests with the dishes. 
As I say this, I know there's going to be some people that make me do their dishes from now on. <laughs> First Thessal Thessalonians 2.8 says this, Because we loved you so much, we gave you the dishes. No, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our very lives as well. Everything that had to happen around living out the gospel. One year we wanted to get our, uh, to know some neighbors, and so we thought the best way to do it would be throwing a Thanksgiving party. And so we invited people, and we said, come in and join our family. We, want you, we invite you to be a part of our family for Thanksgiving. And then we kind of put on this little... Uh, thing to get them interested. We said, we're going to deep fry a turkey for the first time, and so we want you to come watch us burn our house down. <laughs> Several families showed up. They came for the fire, and they stayed for the food. This is the cool thing, though. They didn't come for dinner. They came and watched a turkey get cooked, and we had a blast as we had this time together to prepare the food, and it gave opportunity and space for natural and informal conversations to get to know each other. Romans 12 is this famous chapter. It talks about all these great spiritual gifts that God gives his people. But then he goes into this list of things that are for everyone. And God calls each of us to express his love to others, honor them, be devoted, serve them with passion, pray for them, be generous. And then at the end of verse 13, it says, practice hospitality as a way to show God's love. Experiment having people into your home to show them God's love. And I love that word practice because that's what it is. It doesn't mean get it perfect. Remember when the, in the Gospels, Jesus sent out his disciples at one point, two by two, and he said, you will know who the people of peace are in the area. You'll know the people who God is at work in their hearts and is softening them to the Gospel message. How? By the way they offer hospitality to you. So when we are hospitable, we're actually blessing our neighborhoods with God's peace. It's an amazing thing to practice. And it's always more enjoyable to practice it together. So I, I recommend that too, that we, we enjoy practicing hospitality with each other. This week we have a challenge for you. And it's simple. Invite someone into your home to host with Jesus. Invite them in for a cold beverage or invite them in for a hot meal. Just one out of the 21 that you've already got planned. Keep it casual. Invite them to be a part of your family in your home, including the preparation. Let them do some of the work too. And in it, this is what we're doing. We're trusting that God is showing us and he's teaching us that our dinner table is good news to our church family here and to the neighbors we live around as well. I believe that not only practicing hospitality is essential for our faith and for sharing the gospel in this generation, but I believe that as you practice this, God will give you incredible joy as you do it. Amen? Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.